following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Hello. When did you all get here? It's great to see you all this morning. Um, it is Palm Sunday uh, this morning, in case you weren't aware. Uh, and so for the next two weeks, um, we're going we're gonna to lay aside reciting our uh, catechism together, uh, but I'd encourage you to continue that. And we're going we're gonna to break it up so that we're not doing like 50 questions in a row uh, on the Sunday morning. So um, the Sunday after Easter, we're gonna, we'll start uh, with question tw- 12, um, I believe, and then so we'll, we'll do sets of 10 like that just to... There's 52, so I mean, anyway. Uh, so today's Palm Sunday, in case you weren't aware, it's kind of a, kind of a festal Sunday, uh, the Sunday before Easter, a Resurrection Sunday, if you'd prefer. And uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a preparatory festival, like we're getting ready uh, for what I agree is the most important Sunday on the church's calendar. Um, you know, Christmas is great and all. But uh, without Easter, uh, Christmas is meaningless. So, um, so with that in mind, we're going to lay aside our study in the Gospel of Luke for a few weeks. Uh, and this morning, we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 21. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And that's on page 862 in the Pew Bibles, if that's helpful to you. So Matthew chapter 21. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, again, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together in this place freely to worship you, to read your word. And most importantly, Lord, to hear from you. We pray, Lord, now as we turn our attention to your word, that your spirit would speak. That you would pour out on us this morning. Help us to understand your word. Maybe for the first time, understand the truth of what Jesus has done. We pray, Lord, that you would be blessed by our time together. For we're here in your name. Amen. So one of the main difficulties for me on uh, preaching on a festal Sunday like Palm Sunday 
and Christmas Sunday and Easter Sunday and things like that is that we get kind of dropped into the middle of an ongoing scene, right? We've been, um, we've been working through Luke for quite a long time, and so every, uh, every sermon kind of builds on the one before. And if you were here the week before, you, you, you're, you're with us there. Um, but when we do this sort of thing, we kind of get dropped in the middle, and we've got to do a little work to get caught up with a context. Not impossible, um, but it's going to make lunch a little later. <laughs> one, of the, one of the reasons I prefer to work, um, to, to preach expositorily, book by book and verse by verse, is that each week we know where, we're, where, where we came from, and, and we can read ahead, like if you want to be like Ben, and, and know where we're going next. Um, he wasn't even paying attention to that. It's wasted. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so today we're kind of dropped in on this scene where we find Jesus coming from Bethany on his way to Jerusalem. And what happened in Bethany is very important because it has a great effect on the context in which we find Jesus. Um, so... Here's a little quiz for you. Uh, think back. Who do you know that's from Bethany, from the New Testament? Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Okay? This is the town that Jesus is coming from. All right? Bethany is where, where he's coming from on his way to Jerusalem. And that's important because the folks from Bethany knew that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. All right? Um, so they are most likely part of this crowd that is surrounding Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. Right, so that's important to know. The timing of Jesus' trip from Bethany to Jerusalem is also important. So, more quiz questions. Do you know what festival the people in Jerusalem were preparing for? Passover. Passover right? Is Passover a big deal to you? Well, case could be made, but probably not, right? The reality of Passover is a big deal to you, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, but in Jerusalem, this is a huge deal. What this meant was that there were upwards of 2 million people in the city, in and around Jerusalem, which is a big deal. That's like the entire state of Maine and New Hampshire, their population put into the city of Rochester, Okay, crowded. And Rochester also. <laughs> Jerusalem's way better, believe me. Sorry if you're from Rochester. It's not your fault where you're born. <clears throat> so the road from Bethany to Jerusalem is most likely lined with tents of families that had come to the holy city to celebrate, uh, to celebrate this important feast. And this would also contribute to the, to the festal atmosphere, right? People are... They're primed already. Um, so the, the atmosphere uh, and these worshipers are, um, were ready to worship. And they're also part of this crowd that joins Jesus um, as they go into the city and shout their loud hosannas. And, of course, Jesus was also followed by the crowd from Galilee um, as well as his disciples. So there's people that have been with Jesus all along. Going to Passover in Jerusalem was something that everybody did. Uh, and so that crowd also accompanied Jesus 
uh, on the road. They'd seen Jesus' miracles, they'd heard his teaching, and they helped initiate this scene that we see played out before us. But even though they had witnessed the things that Jesus had done and had heard him talk about the kingdom of God, um, some from the very beginning of his public ministry, out of this whole crowd of people, this mixture of people, nobody but Jesus had a clue what was going on. Nobody. Not a clue. I want to I want to point out this picture on the screen here. Does anybody know what that is? It's a gate, right? It's a gate in Jerusalem. Is that what you're going to say? Were you going to be more specific? Okay. Do you know the name of the gate? It's been called the Golden Gate. Yep. The gate called Beautiful. You'll find it in the book of Acts. You'll also notice that it's walled up. You know why? To stop Messiah from coming back to Jerusalem. Good luck. Well, that is Apom. I don't know its name. It could very well be. It could just be short. Um, I don't know. Uh, but it's very, very common to find palm branches. And, and uh, Will was right. The palm branch was a symbol of victory uh, and national pride for Israel. Like the palm branch is Israel's uh, bald eagle. Right? It's their national symbol. So that's important as, as all this plays out. So when you think about this scene, right, I have flannel graph pictures that come to my mind. You all know that. Uh, of Jesus and the and the donkeys and the palm branches, and a lot of times for these um, these festal uh, images uh, and sermons, people well preachers' imaginations tend to get away from them um, because look I I got to preach on Palm Sunday every single year, you know, and I remember a lot of those sermons believe it or not, and I give you credit for remembering them too, and you don't, and it's really no big deal. Um, But either way, I'm not going to use a lot of imagination here. I'm not going to try to imagine what the disciples who were sent after the donkeys were thinking, oh, rats, how come we get donkey duty? I'm I'm certainly not going to try to imagine what the donkeys were thinking. People have, and it's dumb. But... We, we, only have a, we only have a very faint idea of, of even what this mixed bag of festival crowd members was thinking. But I do know that they were all clueless, except for Jesus. So let's not be like them. They didn't know what was happening, really, at all. Um, but Jesus did. And do you know why Jesus knew? Because he's Jesus? Right. That's totally cheating. Right. Jesus knew what was happening because he wrote this book and everything that was happening was predicted. He knew the significance of these events, even if everybody around him didn't. And that's one of the advantages that we have over this crowd that was gathered there. Of course, we're standing outside of this. Of course, it's 2000 plus years later. Of course, scads of scholars and smarter people than us have looked over this stuff and and tried to pull out the meaning. 
But we have the book, so we can look up the answers ourselves. So let's look at a few of few that point out uh, few of the points that point out the significance of that day and its event, its events. So first, for us to remember, this is the Sunday before Passover. That's a significant date on the Jewish calendar. Okay. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. So God is describing the beginning of what their Passover celebration should look like. Right? And so this, um, this passage here in Exodus, God tells them on the tenth day of the month, they are to set aside the lamb that's going to be sacrificed on Passover. Passover happens on the 14th of the month of Nisan, N-I-S-N, N-I-S-A-N. not Nissan. It's not a, not a car, uh, Nissan, right? But on the 10th day, they're to set apart the lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for the household. On the 10th day of the month, in preparation for Passover, each family selects a lamb that will be for them the Passover lamb. Do you know what date on the calendar Palm Sunday falls? The 10th. The 10th of Nissan. This is the day the Passover lamb was selected from the flock for the household to be sacrificed. This is the day that Jesus enters Jerusalem. In verse 2, Jesus sends two disciples down into the village to fetch two donkeys for him to ride into the city. Not one. There's two. Luke and Mark only mention one because Jesus only rides on one. Uh, but there were two, and that that actually is significant. He says, go into the vi- village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs him, and he will send them at once. Why did Jesus ask for a donkey? Well, for us to think, well, you're riding from one town to the next. It's a long ride, right? Not in Israel. The distance from all the way from Bethany to Jerusalem is only two miles. And they're not in Bethany anymore. They're outside of Bethphage, which is on the backside of the Mount of Olives. So he's like 300 yards from Jerusalem. Not a long ride. Okay. So he didn't, he didn't ask for the donkeys because it's such a long ride. He wasn't worn out or anything like that. Just sick of walking all the time. Jesus was fulfilling prophecy. This prophecy is found in Zechariah 9.9, and Matthew quotes it there in verse 5. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, as Will already pointed out, even riding the donkey was significant. Uh, Entering the city on a donkey was a simple way to symbolize the truth that Jesus did, in fact, come as a king of Israel. 
as the son of David. See, when David's son Solomon became king after David, King David commanded that he ride, guess what, his favorite mule into the city for his coronation. You can read about that in 1 Kings one thirty-three, And now a far greater son of David rides triumphantly into the city on a donkey. Verse 6 says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So I think there's a lot of interesting facts about the donkey's colt that Jesus is riding. This is not a full-grown donkey. This is a young donkey, right? Unridden, not trained, unsaddled. And now Jesus, a full-grown man, is going to hop on him and ride it. There's a lot of things that could go wrong there. I don't know how many of you have experience with donkeys. They can be very stubborn, right? They, if you sit on them, they could kick you off, and they could jump on top of you when you're on the ground, right? Or they could refuse to move whatsoever. So the, having the donkeys, the colt's mother there, may have helped the donkey do what they wanted him to do and go into the city, or the one who invented donkeys subdued it. I like that answer better. Jesus is Lord of creation. So he rides this colt, and the people start yelling, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. What's that about? Why did the crowd shout specifically, Hosanna? What does that even mean? Where does that even come from? Do you know what the word Hosanna means? It means save us. All right, in modern times, uh, actually over the course of the history of the church, we've adopted Hosanna as an expression of praise, much like hallelujah, which means literally praise the Lord. But Hosanna comes from a Hebrew word, Hoshiana, which means save us. Save us, Lord, we pray. The good news, this word comes from the Bible, so we can find where it's used first, and we can see exactly the reason why the people were shouting it. So we can look in Psalm 118. What's significant about Psalm 118 is that it's one of the Hallel Psalms, a psalm um, that was specifically sung when entering Jerusalem for a feast. Isn't that odd? What a strange coincidence. All right? It wasn't at all random that this crowd started shouting just at this particular moment, this particular thing. They're on the way to Jerusalem for a Passover feast. It's only natural that they would be singing this song. It was part of their culture and heritage. But now it had new meaning and specific application to Jesus. For the first time, they had the right person in their midst to apply this Hosanna to as they entered the city. city. I'll read just a portion of it, and you can tell me if there's anything here that sounds familiar to you. Psalm 118, starting at verse 19. 
Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And here he is fulfilling all of these things. Jesus would enter through the gate called Beautiful. It didn't look quite like this. This was built by the Crusaders. But there is a gate there on the eastern side of the city that the sun rises on. It's the first place the sun hits on the Temple Mount. And it's called Beautiful for a reason. I mean, even that one. It's amazing. Jesus enters the gate called Beautiful. And where does he go? He goes to the temple to cleanse it from those who were uh, selling animals and changing money there. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, the stone that the builders, the Jewish leaders, rejected. And he has become our cornerstone. Verse 25, save us, we pray, O Lord. You know what the Hebrew word is for that expression? Hosanna. The Lord is God, and he has made his light, Jesus, to shine on us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. Who is the festal sacrifice for Passover? Jesus. And he is on his way to the altar. He is the Passover lamb given for us. And though the crowd that day was participating in the fulfilling of prophecy, verse 10 proves the point that nobody but Jesus knew what was really happening. Imagine this train of people shouting Hosanna and waving their palm branches and coating the road with their cloaks. And there's Jesus at the head of this procession. Everybody's shouting, and they enter through the gate, and they get into the city, and everybody's jammed in the city. What is going on? Who's the guy on the donkey? And when they entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. So the city's jammed with people, getting ready for the nation's greatest feast. Right? And all of a sudden, this huge procession down the Mount of Olives, through this beautiful gate on the east side of the city, people singing, shouting, whole parade, guy on a donkey, it's amazing. And it only stands to reason that people would say, who, who is this? What is going on? Who, who is that? And those in the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Were they wrong? No. Were they right? Eh, 
Not completely. Yeah, yeah. It shows that they didn't know what was really going on. Their explanation of who this was and their expectations of what he would do fell desperately short. The crowd said that Jesus was a prophet. What was Jesus saying? Even though he wasn't saying anything at all. He's not saying I'm a prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. He's saying I am Messiah. This is Jesus' declaration, the most public one, that he is Messiah. See, the hopes of friends and foes alike were fulfilled by Jesus, just not in the ways anybody thought. Jesus suffered death a few days later that he might gloriously conquer death. In Jerusalem, he didn't receive a throne as the disciples would have wanted, as this crowd would have wanted. But instead, he received a cross so that he might rule from the throne of our hearts, the hearts of his people and all who would believe in him. The crowd shouted, Hosanna, save us. And that's exactly what he would do. But on the cross. Not save us from our circumstances or save us from our worldly enemies or troubles or problems. But save us from the penalty for our sin. Save us from eternal separation from God. All we have to do is trust him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your plan. We are thankful that you know better than us about everything. We're thankful for this picture of prophecy fulfilled that reminds us that you know the beginning from the end and you have all things under your power. You know every hair on our head. You know every day that we would live. You know us more completely than we know ourselves. And you know how much we need you. And we thank you that you executed your plan perfectly and gave the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, on the cross for us. Help us, Lord, to accept that great truth. Accept Jesus as our Savior and submit to him as our king. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.